You're listening to And So I Followed an Alternative Religion podcast with Graham McMillan Mason. Episode 3, Brandon Riley. Welcome back to And So I Followed an Alternative Religion podcast, episode 3 of the second season. Again, thanks as always for coming back. I'm a little bit earlier than I said I would be. I think I said I was going to be about three weeks to a month with each podcast, but I just kind of put this out when I want to put it out, to be honest. I don't think anyone really minds if it's regular. If you do, you know, let me know, but no one's really showed any umbrage towards that. And this is one I'm really excited to get out. Um, it's a person I've been wanting to speak to for about 15 years. Um, his name's Brandon Riley, as you might have guessed from the podcast. Um, lead vocalist and guitarist of Nightmare of You and also probably more well known for being in The Movie Life which was a band that has just recently came back with a new album but they had like basically a hiatus for the best part of like a decade maybe more um, me personally a fan of both bands like huge fan of both bands but probably more so Nightmare of You ever so slightly which is weird because I've been a longer fan of movie life they were one of the first bands i ever saw and really had a connection with when i was really 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 young and i'm talking like 15ish at best maybe even younger than that um as i've attested to loads of times i'm very much a kid of the drive-through era so the movie life were absolutely massive around that time they were a band that in my opinion before they came back together broke up way too soon had some fantastic stuff out like 40 hour train back to Penn. Um, but in terms of Brandon, um, I was really, really lucky actually to meet Vinny from I Am The Avalanche and of course lead vocalist of Movie Life. We shared a few beers, but in terms of Brandon, as I was saying before, the reason I chose him for the podcast when I was presented the opportunity was because of the influence his other band, Nightmare View, had on me. Um, a band that formed, in terms of the first album, about 2005. Um, very much a new wavy sort of British inspired pop band to an extent but with incredibly dark lyrics thought about lyrics and something that really honed my writing abilities if I have anything such as that Um, when I was in my first band like 2006 2007 I think um, and I really enjoyed chatting to him we get through quite a few different things Um, it was a live podcast so it's the first time we've done that in a while um, I've done a couple of live ones recently coming up, but this was live, um, recorded before Movie Life show at the G2 in Glasgow. And yeah, I don't want you really want to bang on too much. I just want to get on with the interview, let you guys listen to Brandon and the chat that we had. Um, before that, if you are tuning in for the first time and you enjoy what you hear, please subscribe on iTunes. If you type in alternative religion, it's the first one that comes up. Vinny subscribed from Movie Life. So if that's not a cool thing, then I don't know what is. Um, and then also on top of that, if you want to listen on SoundCloud, it's just at CFR Podcast. Um, you'll find that easy enough. It's really easy to find. And you can interact with me on Twitter, Facebook. You know the drill. Same old thing. As always, before we start, I'm going to play a song by a band Brandon's been involved in, and I'm going to go with Nightmare View, first and foremost. I am going to play a Movie Life song from the new album um, at the end of the podcast, I think. Uh, But right now, I'm going to play Nightmare View, first and foremost. 
Um, and this is going to be my favorite song by Nightmare View. It's called In the Bathroom is Where I Want You. And it's from their first album, which is self-titled, which I'd fully, fully recommend you listen to. And then after that, you're going to get the conversation, the interview. Cool. Don't hesitate, the diamond. What is your name? Or what do you do? I'm not that kind of man, but I'll make an exception for you. Reflex and press for time alone. Don't start in the stall. I want to do it, I want to do it all. Oh, but now wait, wait, I'm a gentleman in training. Wait, wait, I'm a professional in lead guitarist of Nightmare View and Movie Life, uh, Brandon, how are you today? I'm good, how are you? I'm good man, very good, excited to speak. Yeah, I likewise, like... thanks for making the, the trek down here. 
It's okay. It was or just up here. Like, I don't know where you're. No, <laughs> it, it was only. Directions. It was like a good ten minutes on the train. Okay. I'm sure you oh, traveled you tra- further. You took the train. Yeah, okay. well, yeah. Good. It's not too far. So okay. I live next to the, the Hamden Park Stadium. Oh. Which nice. is a really awful stadium. Okay. Um, it's terrible. And I heard you are football fans, but. Uh, yeah, like well, we we talked about it before. Yeah. Some people listening. Yeah. We had yeah, a quick yeah. chat. I like. I enjoy watching it, but I don't. Have, I know nothing about it. Can I adopt you as a Sunderland fan? Sure. Cool. Yeah. So we have that recorded. Yeah. But if anyone's listening, I'm, I'll take bribes to go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not a rich man, so I'll probably lose that. Um, have you had any chance to go sightseeing in Glasgow yet? No. Unfortunately, this is the only uh, place on this run where we kind of got to the venue and had to load in right into a sound check. Uh, so unfortunately, we weren't able to, to go walking around and we were going to go to the shopping district but apparently it closes very it closed at six about yeah pretty much so we weren't able to do that but I, you know i've been here a bunch i i get it i yeah. get i get the whole the whole thing you get the vibe yeah and it's pretty rainy and it's that kind it, of it's like it's such a it's such rain. a sad day outside that i'm actually <laughs> yeah. i think i'm okay but you were wet when you came in so yeah. i'm not i'm not missing it right now no it's that kind of weird rain where you feel like it's a it's actually not raining but you're right. soaking wet you'd prefer it to just decide to Pissed rain down. proper yeah, yeah. Just, so that you can it. just have so a, I know there's a, a decision's against. been made by the by the gods yeah yeah, yeah exactly man um so for those people who listen on a regular basis or if you're listening for the first time which i hope is not the case because we're about 20 records deep now um i always like to ask what is and you can take this back as far as you want sure but what is the first memory you have of um as cheesy as this sounds falling in love with music I have two very specific memories. The first memory was, I couldn't even tell you how young I was, because I think it was that young, where I couldn't really give you an exact time frame. But as early as I can remember, uh, we first lived, my family, we first lived with my grandparents uh, starting out. I guess while my parents were saving some money to buy a house. And my grandfather had always had classical music on at all times. And so there was always a vinyl of classical music playing at all times and he was always playing jazz records and he would play this one artist June Christie that I really really liked a lot and she was incredible and that so that just kind of got me on the path to just you know um uh melody you know yeah, <laughs> things yeah, like that and then um as I got a little bit older not much older but once we you know we, we moved into our house um there was my parents vinyl collection was always around and there was always it was always the full Beatle, the Beatles collection. So it was every Beatles record in this sort of box set of uh, vinyl. And then there was the Squeeze singles. And what else was there? There's a few New Wave type things. And then there was, I always remember, I'm not a huge Zeppelin fan, but there was yeah. this Houses of the Holy record. That, that album, Houses yeah, of the Holy, yeah. that was always playing and around. And that was cool just in the sense that, for you know, aesthetically it was cool. It was rock, yeah, it was rock and roll, you know. But um, I've always been more of a pop guy, so that's why I think that I, I consider the Beatles pop, not, you know. Yeah, no, on, I agree. On yeah, every yeah. record, really, even though I know that there is rock and blues. Um, but that's those are my two specific memories for getting into music. Cool. Okay. And then you, you're quite. I mean, I'm only. I, I don't know the answer to this, mm-hmm. but I just assume from the projects you've done, you're quite British inspired music. Yeah, I totally. I must have been British in my last life. Well, no, that wouldn't make sense Sorry. because that would have been that would have predated the British music that I like anyway. So that so the whole that whole karmic thing doesn't work. 
Um, we pretend it does. But <laughs> I, just, I just latched on to 60s, 70s, 80s British music. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was like new wave. Yeah. Uh, born, maybe being born in, the, in 1981, um, there was so much British new wave on the radio, you couldn't escape it. And I just loved it. Yeah. And I, um, and I think that was maybe my gateway into getting into... Uh, oh, and also that combined with my parent that Beatles collection that yeah. was just it was basically just on the ta- it was just in the living room and it, I could see it at all times so I think that had a big impact as well. For sure. Um, but Brit- I don't know British music just it just speaks to me way more than American music. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, the older I've got it does. Yeah. If I'm honest with you, when I was yeah. young it was all I was a drive through kid. Yeah. Like that was my like sixteen or twenty. But yeah. then when you hit like twenty twenty one, someone gives you a Smith CD. Yeah. Yeah, and then like a lot of '90s stuff too, like Blur and Supergrass, and so did you quite like the whole Britpop? I did. Yeah, 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 I really did. What's your views on Oasis? I have strong views on Oasis. (laughs) In what context? In general, or in a Blur context? (laughs) (laughs) We we can take it in the in general, I think. It's because you've answered the other one technically. I okay. Oasis wrote very catchy songs that were very melodic and easy to sing along to. When you listen to the lyrics, I you, I don't really understand what's going on there. I'm a very very lyrics driven guy, yeah. and I need things that don't just rhyme, bec- don't just aren't just there because they rhyme together. Like yeah. I want you to, I'd like you to rhyme and also say something meaningful, yeah, meaningful yeah, yeah. as well. So there's a little, I require some more skill and and articulation in regards to that. Um, and I think that's why. Um, I don't know why I'm making this a blur Oasis thing. Like, you know, it's 2017 it now. Does it's anyone fine. even talk about that rivalry anymore? The Do press they? still, yeah. I think. I mean, blur for me, like they smoke Oasis out of the water and every, like the lyrics are totally thoughtful. Um, the music is so innovative, but it's also very Beatlesy. I, I find as well more yeah. Beatlesy than Oasis. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I um, agree with you on that. <laughs> everyone calls it, yeah, you know, yeah. just because Oasis had like those haircuts and like stole some of their lyrics doesn't mean they sounded like the Beatles. I, I don't yeah. think, you know, they might have st- stole apart, but they didn't sound like the Beatles in the way that I feel like Blur was really inspired by the Beatles. And I feel like Blur Beatles. has more of a progression. Yeah. And then, do. The same way the, the Beatles had yeah. a progression also. Yeah, through yeah. The album exactly. Album. Yeah. Like and Blur a different band now, the it, band you first heard. Yeah, and they were a lot more adventurous and explorative. Explorative, is that a right, yeah, is that yeah, the right word? Yeah, yeah, I believe um, so. And then and also, they just, aesthetically? Yeah. You can touch them with their fashion and their videos, and I mean, it's just, it's a knockout of the park for me. Yeah, yeah. But ask my brother, who's eighteen months younger than me, and he will tell you the exact opposite thing. He is oh, an really? Oasis fan through and through. He's a fan of all the solo stuff. You will never be able to talk him out of that. Your so. brother's in this as hell. He is, yeah, right? he, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought so. I yeah. knew that. I'm more of a Nightmare View fan, and it's funny you said the. Uh, there, <laughs> you mentioned the lyrics, and it's funny. Um, I, I, I have a list of questions here for people listening, but I, I tend to go off on a tangent. So sure. fuck it. I'm going no, to that's all tangent. good. Yes, what editing's for? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you well, edit? I, I try. Yeah. Um, it depends <laughs> what we talk about now, which is legal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Lyrically, you see, when I was when I was say seventeen, sixteen even maybe, I wanted to see the movie Life, and we talked about it just beforehand, kind of off uh, before we started recording. But it was really, I'm probably more of a Nightmare View fan, mm-hmm. truth be told, and it was very much a lyrical content. And I think it was at an age of sort of nineteen twenty when I started listening to what was said and the meaning behind it. 
more than just if I like the tune, mm-hmm. i.e. we're talking about Blur Oasis and the differences between them. Do you find that kind of the era of, not so much Britpop, British music, Smiths, Joy Division, New Order, uh, Eurythmics, whatever you want, do you find that influenced you in your later music career with Nightmare View more so than it did as like a, a teenager, or do you feel like it's been all the way through? I think it's been all the way through. Um, you know, I did... You know, like you, I did sort of... I grew up going to punk and hardcore shows. Yeah. Um, but I was one of those people going to the shows that it was punk and hardcore, while that was, like, totally my identity at the time, it was still was never enough for me. Yeah. I still needed to have, like, my Blur... C- I mean, my Bjork CD or, like, you know, like a Radiohead. Like, I yeah. still liked all... I still was listening to this these other, like, wildly different type of genres that you know like punk and hardcore wasn't giving me my my total fill yeah yeah of so so throughout like you know throughout all that i was still listening to a lot of new wave and you know beatles and things like that so you're a radiohead fan too yeah yeah i, yeah. I, I would say a, you know a healthy fan not like I, i'm not yeah. i don't i don't go cra- you know if i'm washing some dishes it's nice to have on in the background <laughs> i i would not consider myself like a rabid fan by any yeah. means um but you know, I like everything that they put out. I, I pre, you know, I, I think like a lot of other people, I like the rock records the best. But I can, I really like Amnesiac and Hail to the Thief and yeah, I'm, like I'm, I like all of it. It's I'm really interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, we kind of went off on a bit of a tangent, but stayed in a timeline, I suppose, in, in a sense. When you start a band. I remember starting my music or anything I've done, you know, you never really have so many aspirations, but then, I mean, the movie life got pretty huge, pretty fast from a fan's perspective. Did you expect it to be that big when you started it? And what was the aspirations, if you had any, when you began it? Um, well, to be technical, the movie life started actually in around like 97, 98. Yeah, uh, but there there was no really true touring that happened. I don't think until around, I you know, real touring. Yeah, didn't really happen until around like ninety nine. Um, so, I mean, did I expect to have success? I I think by booking as many tours and doing all that stuff, I there must have been some you know I yeah. must have expected something in return to be going so full on like that, and to like decide to drop out of I dropped out of college. And you know, stopped working to go do that. So I definitely expected to be rewarded, I guess, yeah, of to some degree. But um, it's definitely uh, has exceeded my expectations when I look at it in the context of where, what, the, how lo- much longer, how much, sorry, how much time has passed between then breaking up and reforming and being here now and still having yeah. people that care enough about the band where you know I. You know, I go home and you know, music. I just do music. Yeah. Now I can still only do music. It's, you know, it's not a glamorous life, but it's a good I've life. been very kind of blessed to be able to still be doing this. Yeah, because the shows are still packed. Like yeah. I was at the I was at the stereo show when we were talking about this story before, and I I never thought I'd see Move Life ever again, and I kind of almost just as I got at peace with it, you came back. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think. I didn't think that would ever happen it, and it was sort of organic Vinny and I just started hanging out again and um, one thing led to another and we just kind of rekindled our we got close again and yeah. um, we um, we just both just realized how much we missed playing together 
And so it all, you know how it starts out. It's like, well, let's yeah. just do like a couple shows and yeah. see what happens. And then the next thing you know, is you're doing a week. Yeah. And then you're doing, you know, then you're going to the UK and you're yeah. doing like two weeks or whatever. And then it's, then you're and it's like, I have this part. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's, it was organic and it was definitely unplanned, you know, but here we are. And it's, it's funny. I mean, I can only judge on, on one show, but we're talking shit when was the first time i saw a movie like 2002 maybe that 2001 sounds, that sounds good to me it would we'll say that yeah I'll, I'll fact check but i could be wrong but I, I might be right and then fast forward to 2016 and i think it was quite nice in a sense and this is the right thing to say but i would tell you if it was different i'd be honest but i didn't feel it didn't seem like it had been a part and i, I feel the album also is the same mm-hmm. I, I feel like the album is a progression and there's definitely experience in it mm-hmm. But I also feel like it's old movie life. Mm-hmm. Like like nothing has things have changed, the, but nothing has changed too much in the, terms of the, the way you play it live. I can't. I, I don't know how to articulate that, but I think mm-hmm. you know where I'm coming from. Are you referring to the new record or the show? Both. Okay. Both in a because sense. the way that you're describing it, the the record and the show is exactly the way that Vinny and I have envisioned it so i think that you're i mean in my opinion (laughs) yeah you're spot on good someone else might say this is totally weird and different but like in my head it very much sounds like the movie life still but the movie life has grown up into songwriters and are bringing in some other nuances and influences i i I think that i think it picks up nicely where it left off that's how i was trying to and we conscientiously didn't want to we didn't want to skip any steps we wanted to, to say well where did we leave off but also let's take into account how much we've grown in between that and combine that together and you've both had bands in between as well yeah. which is where, where i felt that if you came back and you did when it first got announced there was there's always a worry you're a fan there's always a worry about it because you know. fear things you don't you don't fear the positives you fear negatives yeah, sure. and if a band comes back you think well you know Brandon's had Nightmare of You there's I and the Avalanche yeah. how is this going to go and it was really nice to kind of see the old songs and the new stuff which was only I think one or two songs mm-hmm. at that point it's really nice to see that it's manifested itself as if it's came back as if it was almost 2003 and that's yeah. not a negative thing I don't mean as in like it hasn't progressed it has Yeah. but I mean in the sense that it hasn't lost anything that it used to have we didn't want to abandon where we left off Some, you know I think it's I think a lot of people make that mistake. You kind of forget what got you to where you last stood. And yep. then I think to be like, okay, well, you know what? 12 years has passed. Like, you know, I've been really into like sampling, you know? <laughs> it's yeah. like, let's just, let's like make the drums electronic and do some like loops and stuff. You know, it's like, well then what, why are you doing a, you know, why would it be a movie life record then? Yeah. Let's just call it something different. Yeah, <laughs> you know? you so this whole idea was like, you know, recapturing the spirit of what the movie life was tied into like how much we've grown as songwriters. Vinny was not even really a songwriter yeah. during the movie life. He was writing lyrics and melodies, um, which were great. Yeah. But I was writing all the, I was writing guitar parts and I was, you know, they were like, it bordered on like parts being put together. Whereas now we're both writing songs yeah. and we're doing them together a lot too. A lot of these songs in the new record were, is me and him with an acoustic guitar. How much did you feel Nightmare View helped that? Um, I think a lot because Nightmare View sort of got me into the habit of everything that I write is on an acoustic guitar with like traditional, yeah, um, you know, rootsy chords, C to G to A minor, you know, yeah. really just simple, straightforward. 
I, that's how I build. I build off of that with, I do that with a melody, and then everything else starts being built in, and then sometimes the guitar gets sucked out, yeah. and then you have a dance song, you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. we're starting, and that, that, that applies more to my stuff, but for movie yeah. life, you know, it, it all starts on an acoustic guitar. Yeah. And then usually that song will end up not even having an acoustic guitar in it. Yeah, 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 of course. And I, I, I've noticed there's a, a few artists I've spoke to that have a similar, like halfway through the careers almost, it's almost like they, they start everything acoustically and move forward. Yeah, for that. me, that makes the most sense for me. Just build, building, starting really, really uh, with a, you know, a skeleton, bare bones, as yeah. bare bones as possible. Of course. To just establish what the melody is. And then, um, I've, got, I've had a question here somewhere, but I think I want to skip it. I think okay. we've covered it. But, um... There is a contrast between the movie life and Nightmare View and the stylings. Oh, it, I think there's it's a huge contrast, yeah. Totally, and yeah. I mean, the fact that your vocal tone is very different yeah. than these, for example. And, and that's why, I mean, I, I love both bands. Yeah. Admittedly, I grew up on movie life and Nightmare View were, for me, on a personal level, very seminal in terms of my own writing process. But how long had you been wanting to put out something like Nightmare View? Because it felt like what you'd wrote when it first came out I mean there was 11 songs there there was no filler at all they were all amazing so surely you had a lot of these ideas in you yeah they came out like boom boom it felt like really quick even though to you it would have been maybe longer but how long had you been wanting to do something of that ilk um right when I graduated high school is when I kind of first started dabbling around with writing my own songs in this like writing lyrics and and writing vocal melodies and things like that yeah uh, everything before that i wouldn't dare i hadn't dared try and like sing something or write you know like yeah, or at least yeah. in the confines of my bedroom you know where yeah, no one yeah, else can hear course, yeah um but after i graduated high school i just started i don't know i had like a little bit of a sort of personal renaissance where i was like oh i think i'm like okay i think i can write my own songs and things like that so like that was sort of like brewing slowly and steadily for a while up until once we got to our last nightmare of you our last movie life record i had a bunch of my own songs and i knew that i really wanted to do um you know like a poppy dance kind of new wavy something something that like something that displayed what my you know childhood influences were i've been really i really was dying to kind of start a band that channeled that um, and also just to finally do a record that wasn't a punk record. I was just ready. Yeah. I was ready to like, it was almost like a rebellion. Like I want to make a record that has no distortion on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> so I think that's what I did. Exactly. What was the first track you then wrote that? Like, cause obviously the one, the first track you might write, might not have been on the album, but the, the first on the album. nightmare of you song that I ever wrote was, was at the time it was called Hey Sweetheart, yeah. which became I dodge a bullet for you. No, no, it was called I dodge a bullet for you. And it didn't make it onto the debut record, but it made it onto the last record we yeah, made. Yeah, the I pulled, one, didn't it? Yeah, and then the second record, second song that I ever wrote was called Please Don't Answer Me. Yeah. Which, again, didn't make the first record, but made the second record. So I think, what, like, I wanted to, like, I don't know, I wanted to, I wanted those songs to see the light of day. Yeah, So I stuffed them on this, <laughs> yeah. the second album. But those were the first two Nightmare Review songs. And okay. the third song that I wrote ever, third Nightmare Review song I ever wrote was, um... The song called "No Uniform" is going to keep you warm, which wasn't on anything. Yeah, yeah, you I was going to say you I, can kind of find it somewhere. Can I spot? It's like maybe? a shitty demo somewhere. No, okay. no, it's like it was only like a bedroom demo that kind of leaked. I know it leaked. Um, and then the fourth song I ever wrote was "I Want to Be Buried in Your Backyard." 
funny you mentioned about um, you wanted to be rebellious. I remember listening to Dear Scene. That always made yeah. me feel so rebellious. Because yeah. I was going through that stage of like, I was a scene kid. Yeah. I know I was a scene kid. Yeah, there's a little bit of bite the hand that feeds you there, now that I look back on it. Um, you know, I was just kind of angry and rebellious still at that time. I was, you know, yeah. I was I was smack in the middle of my 20s. I was, you know, tw- not right in the middle, but I was probably about 23-ish Yeah. when yeah, I wrote all those songs before I went into the studio. Um, and I think I was getting burnt on, you know, that what the scene became and you know the kind of bands that were getting all the recognition and I was like well what about me you know like everything was like well, I just you know I think there was this sort of like self entitlement that we all probably go through as an artist at some point in your life oh. which I don't I don't even know that person anymore that's not who I am anymore but at the time you know I was like a total, it was a total rebellion I was like I'm not gonna put any distortion they're all gonna be dancey songs and I'm just gonna like didn't I get on a FIFA like yeah, it did. Which like is that. kind of strange. It's the weirdest thing in the world for because me. Because it could, I mean, lyrically, right. it doesn't, it, you couldn't get further from, like, soccer. Yeah, <laughs> and it know, was but, weird playing it, because yeah. I'm a FIFA fan, and, like, I was kind of, oh, God, I must have been, like, 2021, 20, and, you know, when you're 2021, 20, and nobody likes the music that you like. Yeah, And then yeah. you play the football game, and, like, one of your favorite bands comes yeah. on, and you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, that's but, so strange. I still, I can't, I... Thinking about it now, it's, it's, it sounds weirder than ever right now, talking yeah. about it. That I just randomly no remember sense. that. Like, they could have put any other song on the record. <laughs> it would have made a little more sense. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, I think we've, we maybe sort of covered this, but I'll ask it anyway. So, you moved up front to take the vocal reins and Nightmare View. Did you ever look at other vocalists to do it, or was it always going to be you that did that? It was going to be me. Always going to be you. Uh, much to my dismay. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> I, I never felt like, and I still don't feel like a singer in the traditional sense. I just think that the thing that has got me through it, and the reason why I was able to have some success off, off of it, is that I feel like I've always had something to say, and yeah. I f- feel like I also, you know, have a fairly good sense of melody. So all I really needed to do was just make sure I can kind of sing a little bit and hit a note. And I think I was able to squeak by like that. No, I think you did very well. I think you did very Thanks. well. And then I think, um, so we're kind of hitting the 25 minute mark. That's cool. Okay. So one thing I always end on, um, and it's a, it's a tough question, so I've always kept it in. But if you could pick two songs that you've been involved in, and it can be any band you want. It can be a band that maybe you haven't even seen the light of day that mm-hmm. you're doing or maybe your solo stuff but if someone said you know Brandon I know nothing about you or your stuff introduce me to your music or anything you've been involved in with two songs or two pieces of art that you've created what would you choose as like the things to showcase um, I guess if I had to pick right now I'd maybe I'd pick something so I'm going to tell you why I'm doing this I'm going to pick something that I that's very new and current because that's yeah. what I've that's my most recent thing that you can kind of get the vibe from but I'll also pick something that's like a staple which, yeah. is, which would be from the first Nightmare of Your record, which I think is probably like the best thing that I've ever done. Um, so as far as like the current stuff, um, I, I, over the summer I put out a digital solo EP that was not on any labels. I just sort of just put it out there, no marketing, no press or anything. So no one even knows it exists. So actually, yeah. here, this is the first time it's getting any press. Oh, there we go. So that's amazing. It's just Brandon Riley, and it's, I put out a five-song EP called Up the River. And, well, there's a song on there called your. It's called Your Racist Uncle. Um, I think it's we very. We have one. 
But yeah, we all have, exactly. That's the big thing is we all have one, um, and you know, it's it's sort of like I guess with with this EP, I was sort of channeling a lot of. I was listening to like a lot of Pet Shop Boys and the Pesh Mode and New Order stuff like that. So I made an it was I made an electronic EP, um, and I and I did another little rebellion where there's like no there's pretty much no guitar on it. I did okay. all sampling digital, and that's just what I wanted to do. I really. I needed to fill that void of never making like an electronic record, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I yeah. just went ahead and did that. I don't know how I've missed this. Um, you, the, you no, no one knows. It's it's yeah. one of those things where I'm gonna have to figure out like I'm gonna have to press it or something. It's not yeah. pressed. It's only digital. I might have to like, I'd like it to see the light of day, but I just yeah, have not put any so. effort into it because I've been doing movie life so yeah. hard that there's been no time. Um, but there's a song called Your Racist Uncle that I think really speaks to the times right now and also speaks to kind of the what I've done, you know, the, sonically as far as my stuff, my own stuff yeah. goes. Um, but there's five songs on there. Um, and then the other song, I think like that, the one song that it always comes back to for older stuff that sort of encapsulates, encapsulates? Capsule. Yeah, that's, I think that's the right. I'm having a hard right. time with grammar and <laughs> No, you're doing fine. I feel like my president. Um, <laughs> so uh, I would say Nightmare, I mean, uh, I, w- I want to be buried in your backyard is the one song that sort of like really just rounds out, you know, years and years of me putting out my own music. I think that one really captures the, uh, the vibe. It's one of my favorites too. Thank you. Like it has a. It seems to be the favorite, and I think that there's a reason why, and I think that it just it's it's very it's um very just well bodied. It's just has a little bit of everything that I've ever been influenced by. Yeah. So good. Awesome. Well, I'm I'm pleased we had the chat, man. I hope you are as well. Yeah, that was a cool. lot of fun. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah no problem. Um, I hope you have a good show. I'm sure you will. Thank you. Um, but thanks for coming on. It's Thank always, you. Man. It was a pleasure to meet you. Well, that was really good fun. Um, shorter than usual. Um, not because of Brandon. We could have spoke all night, pretty much. I think I was the one that kind of reined it in because we were on a time scale of like 25 minutes. So I'd set up my questions to that point. But truth be told, we could have probably chatted for another half an hour. I would hope that Movie Life come back. I would definitely hope Nightmare View come back. And we can grab maybe a part two with Brandon. That would be cool. Um, but yeah. I mean, nothing much more to say, apart from if you enjoyed it, feel free to subscribe, iTunes, so on and so forth, you know the drill. And I'm going to leave you with a new song by The Movie Life, which is called Mercy is Asleep at the Wheel, from the new album, Cities in Search of a Heart. Thanks. In search of the city Did you ever get there? Cause I waited for you Game three trains Did you ever get on? Or are you still getting off? I'm turning the screw Mercy is asleep at the
the sun.